and they cried out for God to do something new. And in the midst of their despair, in the midst of threat, in the midst of uncertainty of questions, there came a guy by the name of Isaiah. And God spoke through Isaiah with some words. Isaiah 40.31. Any of you tired? But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. These people were tired. They had nothing to live for anymore. Their life was gone, and they were tired, and what they needed was new strength. Maybe they were just lost. I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guiding them along in an unfamiliar way. It was a, a time where they just didn't know who they were anymore. They didn't know which way to turn, so God promised them through Isaiah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut a new path for you, forge a new way for you. You're not going to be lost anymore. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you see it? He said, even in the midst of their brokenness, God said, I'm, I, I'm about to do something. Can you feel it? Can you sense it? Can you... S- you can literally feel God doing, about to do something brand new in their lives. What was that new thing he was going to do? A brand new path, a new way to go. He's going to create a new paradise, a new world for them. Maybe for them it was the fact that their identity was gone. They didn't know who they were anymore. They were the people who God... Uh, who who had God's temple there. They had God's home on earth and the temple was gone. Who are they anymore? And God says, you're going to be given a new name by my mouth. I'm going to give you a new identity. You're not going to be who you used to be anymore. You're going to be brand new. You're going to be given a new name. But he wasn't going to stop there. He wasn't just going to stop with new strengths. He wasn't just going to stop with a a new path, a new way to walk. He wasn't even just going to stop with a new identity. He was going to go all the way to a brand new way of life, a new way of doing things, a new world. Look at this. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lay down with the baby goat. We know what would happen if that happened. How about this? The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them. He said, this new world that I'm about to create, out of the old broken one, is going to have new rules. It's going to have new way of doing things. It's, the old is going to be completely gone. This is going to be brand new. In the old world, lions ate babies. In this world, that's not going to happen anymore. He says this, it's because I am creating a new heaven and a new earth. And when that happens, it's going to be so amazing, so wonderful, so good. The change is going to be so life-shattering that you won't even think about the old ones anymore. Can you imagine that? A life so completely different, a a new strength, new identity, new way of walking, new experience, 
a new life to the extent that you don't even think about the old one anymore. Well, the exiles returned home. Life went back to normal a little bit. They rebuilt the wall. It was never what it used to be, and then the Romans came. 400 years, and all of a sudden, there's no more promises of newness. There was just that old promise that they keep going back to Isaiah. God, we're still waiting for something for you to do that new thing you promised. As a parent, if, the, the one way my kids can get me is with this word, you promised. You know what I'm talking about? Daddy, can, can we play with this now? Oh, I can't right now, but you promised after this, and this is after this. It's time, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I did it. Well, the people of Israel were saying, Daddy, God, you promised. It's been 400 years, and it looks like the old thing to me. It's the same old path. It's the same old identity. It's the same world. What's different? And then we open up the book of Mark. If you have your Bibles, you can pull open Mark in the first two chapters there. There's a lot packed into those first two chapters. If you don't have a Bible with you, uh, you can, there should be a blue one, a pew Bible somewhere around near you. It's the second book of the New Testament. Uh, book of Mark. It doesn't start off like the ones we just read for Christmas. We never read Mark for Christmas because there's no Christmas story. There's no nativity. There's no birth scene. It just starts off with Jesus, his ministry. And in chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, we read this. Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached the good news. That's the way he began his ministry. He went in and he preached, but this is what he preached. Now remember, this is the people who had been promised something new. They'd been promised something different. They'd been promised a new heaven and a new earth. And this is what Jesus preached that day. The time promised by God has come At last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. That newness, that new kingdom, that new world, that new experience, the kingdom of God is no longer something to be waited for, anticipated for, longed for. It is here. The question is, are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? He said, To get ready for this, repent from your sins, actually turn around from the way you've been walking, go a different way, and believe this brand new news that I'm giving you, this wonderful good news. Believe it, because something new is about to change your world. As you read through that, as you you read through the next few chapters, uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2, you see Jesus leaving there, and then uh, he goes, and there's a demon-possessed man that he comes in contact with, and he casts out the demon. And everybody's like, that is amazing. Nobody's done that. That's, a, that's new. 
That's cool. Oh, I see. That's what this new thing's about. It's about casting out demons. So he does that. And then people find out about it. So all that night, people bring their, their sick and their demon-possessed, and he heals them. And they're saying, wow, this is awesome. This is the new thing. Wow, I've never seen, I've never experienced this before. This is brand new. This is new. Simon Peter's mom is sick with a fever. He goes and picks her up by the hand and she's made well instantly. No fever, no residual effects of the sickness. And we find out uh, that she actually then goes and cooks some supper. He's doing absolutely amazing things. Men don't go around casting out demons, healing sick people. There was a leper that came to him. A leper was someone that was completely an outcast. A leper was someone who was the lowest of society because they couldn't participate in society at all. They were unclean religiously. They were unclean socially. They were unwanted completely. And a leper finds Jesus and says, if you choose, you can make me well. And Jesus looks at him to this unclean guy and says, well, I choose to. And he makes him well. And we begin to see that this kingdom, this new thing that God's doing, this new pathway, this new strength, this new heaven, this new earth, this new name, has all to do with fixing our brokenness. If we're sick, it means healing. If we're possessed, it means freedom. If we are lost, it means being found. It, that's what it's all about. It's our, God's meeting our physical needs in a way that he's never done before. That's awesome. We can completely rely on God to meet all of our physical needs, and we can allow God to change us, our brokenness. If we have a broken arm, he can fix that. If we have a sick son, God can fix that. This is amazing. And then we begin chapter 2. And as we enter chapter 2, Jesus is getting very popular. Not only is his preaching pretty good, uh, people are amazed by his preaching. They come hearing sermon after sermon. But also, I think they're really coming to be healed and to be cleansed from the demons that are in them. They want to be fixed. So what, is they, what do they do? They're, they're crowding inside this house. He sits down and is beginning to teach them, and there's, teach, there's healing, and this house is so overflowing that nobody else could possibly get into this house. But there's this guy who's paralyzed. He can't walk, and he's got four buddies. And I don't know whose idea it was, if it was the buddy's idea, if it was this guy's idea, but they were going to make sure that their buddy got to see Jesus. And they go to where he is, and there's no way they can get him on his cot, on his bed, on his stretcher, inside the house. There's no way. Absolutely no way. So we love this story. This is one of those great Sunday school stories. It's on the flannel graph, etched in my mind. The guys hoist the, the, the lame guy on top of the roof. They begin to rip up ceiling tiles. They dig up a hole, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of where Jesus is preaching, you know, Clay and tile is beginning to fall down, and then there's this whole shaft of light, and then out of that shaft of light is this guy who can't walk, being let down on his mat. If anybody needed to be fixed, it was him. 
If anybody knew what needed to be fixed, it was him. He couldn't walk. That was his problem. And as we're reading this, we're expecting to know, how's he going to heal him? What's he going to do now? Is he going to do one of those things where he spits and... Or is he going to do this one of those where he, it touches him? Or is he just got to speak? Or how's he going to do this? This is going to be awesome. And we wait for those words, you're healed. But when we read this, we have to read it again because it doesn't say, Jesus said, you're healed. It says that Jesus said this, my child, your sins are forgiven. What? That ain't his problem, Jesus. His problem is he can't walk. His problem is that he can't walk. He hasn't been able to walk. He sits there in this bed and doesn't move day after day after day after day after day. That's his issue. When Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. What? That's not what this new thing is about. This new thing is about fixing what's wrong. It's about blind people being able to see. It's like dead people, almost dead people being able to be alive again. It is about people being fixed. And in one moment, Jesus shows us what the real newness of the kingdom of God is all about. Child, your sins are forgiven you. Well, that made some people very angry because nobody said those words. Nobody. That was God's words. If there were ever new words to be said, it was these. My child, your sins are forgiven. The ones, the preachers in the room, the ones who knew all about God, you know what they said? You can't say that. It's not your job to forgive sins. So Jesus said... You think it is easier, you think it's easier to get this guy to, to be able to walk than to say your sins are forgiven? I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Sin is a big deal. For Jesus at that moment, it was a much bigger deal for him to be able to forgive his sins than to make him walk. Make him walk was easy. Making him be able to, to, to walk and run out the door, that, he could do that. The big deal was allowing his sins to be wiped off, to be forgiven. He said, if you need proof that I can forgive sins, take up your mat and walk. And the guy who hadn't walked in years walked out the door, fixed physically, but more importantly, fixed spiritually. You see, I think we come to Jesus so often wanting him to fix what's wrong in our lives. Lord, fix, fix my job because it's broken. Fix my family because it's broken. Jesus, fix, fix my bank account because it's broken. Fix my relationships because they're broken. Fix my car because it's broken. Fix my toe because it's broken. Fix my body because it's broken. Fix, 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 fix. And Jesus is saying, 
let me deal with the first issue first. But that's not what's important in my life right now. What's important in my life is that you fix all this other stuff. And Jesus says, I could fix all that if you want to, but it wouldn't change your life. I could give you a brand new car. I could give you a brand new house. I could make your family a perfect family. I could give you everything you want in life. I could completely heal you. You could be the healthiest person that ever walked the face of this earth, but you still would be broken if you don't allow me to deal with what the real problem is. You will never be new. No matter how much new stuff you have, how many new procedures you go through, you'll never be new until your sins are forgiven. Never. So as we begin 2013, it's hard to say, isn't it? 2013. You came here this morning needing God to do something in your life. You've come saying, Jesus, okay, this, you promised to do new things. Okay, I, I want you to do this new thing in my life. And Jesus says, I can do that. But let me deal with the sin in your life first. We're so incredibly uncomfortable with that. Because then he goes, to, goes messing with our lives. I want to tell you, you will never be who you want to be in this new year until you allow Jesus to say, my child, your sins are forgiven. My child, your sins are forgiven. Start the new year with that and see where he takes you. Because in reality, what he's saying to us there is this. If anyone who has experienced those phrases, that phrase, if anybody's experienced forgiveness, if anyone is in Christ, that new creation that God promised back in Isaiah has come in your life. That old thing, you're not even going to remember it anymore because the new is here. Why don't you start 2013 as a new creation by allowing Jesus to say, my child, your sins are forgiven. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. In in just a second, we're going to receive communion together. And as we do that, I'm going to allow you to come down either aisle, either center or the the far aisles, and you'll just receive a a wafer symbolizing the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross. And you're going to dip that in a cup of juice symbolizing his blood that was shed for your sins so that he could say, I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. You're one of two people here this morning. You're either not forgiven and need to be And he can do that for you today. You can hear him say, my child, your sins are forgiven. Or you're one who's forgotten how big a deal it is that your sins have been forgiven. You're focused on all the stuff that isn't fixed yet. And Jesus reminds you, 
you think it's easy to do that. Man, I just forgave you your sins. Be thankful. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask those who are going to help serve to do that. And then as a response this morning, after the prayer, I'm going to invite you to come. To come and to receive. Receive God's grace through this small meal, this small reminder of what He's done for us. Let me pray for each one of you. Lord Jesus, I am overwhelmed by the offer that you've given me for a new life. For a new world, a new beginning. Lord, I'm not who I used to be. You've made me new, and I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And then, Lord, you didn't stop there. Once you began to, with the sin in my life, you, you then reached out and to, you began to change the way I see my world. And as I responded to your grace, Lord, my world began to change. And I know it hasn't been perfect, and I know I haven't gotten everything the way I thought I should get it. But, Lord, I've experienced your grace in ways that I could never have imagined. You truly have been faithful to make my life and my world new. Or I pray for the one this morning who is so concerned with everything else that they're not aware or haven't been aware that there's just sin in their life that they have to deal with. Lord, I pray that in this moment that they would just say, forgive me. And they would hear you say, my child, my sin, your sins are forgiven. For those of us who've had our sins forgiven, Lord, remind us how such a, what a, an amazing gift that was. That is, may we never take it for granted. And Lord, may we continue to look for you to, to renew our lives. Help us to remember that anyone who is a new, in Christ is a new creation. That new creation has come. The old is new, gone. The new is here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.